obviously when I'm showcasing a jewelry brand at a trade show, I'm not like, this is a great fucking piece of jewelry. You should get this like our fucking Zodiac necklace. (laughs) Our best fucking seller. I I clearly don't talk like that. Welcome to the Voted Least Likely Podcast. I am your host, Leah Yard. I'm a high school dropout who accidentally became an entrepreneur after spending over a decade working minimum wage jobs, having a complete mental breakdown, and losing all confidence in myself. I somehow started a successful jewelry company. I am the least likely person to have ended up in the fashion industry, the least likely person to have overcome crippling anxiety, and the least likely person to have ever had the confidence to share my story. And I know if you are here, you've likely felt something similar. This piece of internet real estate is a place for us to share how we overcame our own obstacles and found a place to thrive, even if it was the last place we ever thought we would end up. We are talking all things related to failure with a little sense of humor on the side. It's time to expose the narratives we tell ourselves and the ones the world places on us. This is the Voted Least Likely Podcast. Okay, so um, first I just want to say this is going to be officially the fanciest podcast episode (laughs) ever recorded. Um, If you guys could see what's happening here, we have real microphones, professional mics, there are video cameras. Um, It's, yeah, a whole setup. Um, So I want to start first by thanking Anthony at 12th Street Sound Recording for hosting us in this fabulous space. Um, And a huge thank you to Victoria, who is here with me today (laughs) to chat. Um, I'm so excited to be here. This, yeah, this is going to be very fancy. So Victoria, welcome to the podcast. If you could just give everybody a little intro on who you are and what it is that you do. Okay. Thank you so much for having me, especially as someone who's listened to probably every single episode, (laughs) especially when I get ready for the day in the morning. Uh, So the short version of me is I run a copywriting and content writing business called Wordplay Creative. We empower small and medium enterprises with high quality written content that enhances marketing efforts and accelerates growth. Yes, I've been working on that elevator pitch. (laughs) (laughs) It's not always so polished. Um, And I, I think beyond that, I'll be honest with you, entrepreneurship takes up a lot of my mind and my life. I feel like it's a fully embodied (laughs) exercise. Um, But beyond that, I love spending time with my partner, Anthony, with our dog, Huxley. Um, I love exploring, listening to music, Uh, but I'm still actively trying to find a bit more of work-life balance. So (laughs) right now I feel like the business is my identity, but it's a good one, especially considering it's not always been that way. Mm. That's that's such a good point, that idea of balance. I've talked to somebody recently about that too, about how I personally, I mean, I feel like the word itself is a little bit overused. Yes, and, <laughs> I agree. And the idea of trying to achieve this sense of balance that in some seasons of business just is not possible. Like for myself coming into, you know, the final stretch of the year, the balance, there's, there's not gonna be any of that till 2024. <laughs> like, so yeah. do you find that seasonally you have to, you ebb and flow? Cause I feel like that's kind of the best way to approach balance is looking at it more long-term. That's really helpful advice. And I a hundred percent agree. I think because I've been doing this, um, going into my fourth year now, 
I have a better understanding of the seasonality of marketing. And anyone who's listening to this who's in marketing can probably agree that summer months tend to be slower, especially July and August. And then as Q4 approaches, which is the money-making quarter for most businesses in the world, that's when things really start to ramp up. Yeah. Um, I think for my business this year, we had a really slow start to the year, a really kind of challenging end to 2022 and then a slow start to 2023. And so a lot of the year has been spent sort of rebuilding and recovering. And so two weeks before September hit, I just became completely swamped. And now we're totally booked until November. And I expect that we'll book until the end of the year very soon. Again, a wonderful thing, a wonderful problem to have. That's the whole point of running, especially a service-based business, is to be booked with services. But I do find it challenging to manage my energy levels, um, (laughs) work through exhaustion and, and keep that longer perspective, you know, that this is just a season. This is temporary because sometimes when you're in, in it, it can feel like it's everything. Just, just a light discussion to start the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Just This is is very on brand for me. We go right in. We're just going to go right into it. There's none of this These are my challenges. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. Um, Yeah, I can relate to that just aggressively. I, summer is obviously very slow for me and it's always hard because I don't know if you relate to this, but when you're in those times when it's slow, all you can think about is like, get your shit together, get things organized for the busy season. But it is so hard to do when it's slow. Like it's the hardest time because you're kind of stressed about it being slow. Do you find that? Am I the only one that's like... (laughs) The thing that I... So definitely for me, I relate to that. And then the thing that I hear from people who also run a business with that sort of seasonality, it can be this vicious sort of feast famine cycle like when you're when you're slow all you can think about is oh my god i got to get more work yeah. and then when it's busy you're like oh my god i got too much work so yeah. how do you eventually find a quote unquote balance yeah i also agree with you that balance is completely overused i actually try and remove it from my vocabulary cuz the the idea of balance is that you have this i i don't know a perfect situation where Balance is something that's evolving constantly. It's changing every single day. And I think a lot of it has to do, uh, I would say, especially with women with energy levels and like you manage your energy, not your time. Mm -hmm. And when I reshifted my thinking to that, that gave me a little more freedom. Um, I don't have the same level of energy every day. Um, but that's still consistency. So long as I show up, yes, <laughs> yeah. yes, to consistency. Yeah. Oh Even my if God. my energy is at ten percent or yeah. energy is at ninety percent, the the consistency is still key. Uh, even if you show up in just a small way. So, probably getting ahead of myself. But yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. I love that you said that. Um, consistency. That was the thing that I would say surprised me the most in business was that um, consistency beats talent. All day, every I day. I love that. Thank you I, for saying that. Oh my God. I didn't, I didn't know. <laughs> like I didn't know. And it makes such a difference. And again, with that balance idea of, so you're supposed to be going to full tilt and, you know, checking all these boxes and still having a great home life, a great friend life, a great health um, a routine, clean toilet. A clean, yeah, <laughs> totally. Like yeah. all of this stuff. And it just, we put all this pressure on ourselves and it's like, it makes no sense. And then you end up burning out. And yeah. so I think, like you said, just removing that word altogether, you can now show up consistently because you're not 
already starting negative like in the hole before yeah. you start because you set yourself up for failure which yeah. and I think for women that's something we really struggle with is having it all together all the time I right it, it's so unfortunate I I hear the quote you can have it all but not all at once and that used to rub me the wrong way I would be like who are you to say I can't yeah. have it all yeah. at once. <laughs> and look fabulous. But, yeah, and, and look effortless yeah. and graceful while doing it. But the older I get, and I'm not very old by, you know, today's standards, mind you. I'm 32. Um, I've been running this business since, I guess, I was 28, 29. But as I get into my 30s, have said goodbye to my 20s. Um, thank God. I, don't you feel just like, thank God. I'm sorry, but I'm... I'm looking forward to my 40s, to yeah. be honest with you. <laughs> There's still too many ups and downs here, but, um, no, I, I am thankful for that transition, but I do understand the wisdom in that statement about having it all. And, um, I'm trying to recalibrate what success looks like for me. And that's, I'm still in process of doing that. I I said to you, you know, just before we started recording this conversation that I came out of a really challenging week. I am extraordinarily busy. (laughs) Uh, virtually not on social media at this point because of how busy I am. And I'm wondering like, am I okay? (laughs) (laughs) I, I am, but I think it can be hard because we put so much pressure on ourselves to show up in a certain way. Um, and maybe this week my entrepreneurial life doesn't look like the glamorous lives reflected on Instagram and other places. Sometimes I wonder if that is the biggest challenge, just that we constantly have um, these opportunities to compare ourselves and make us feel uh, bad about where we're at. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. I, I'm I'm prone to comparison. And so sometimes that's the biggest challenge for me is to just focus on what I'm doing and not worry about the rest. But that's complicated too. That's Because yeah. I know for your business, Lee, you can't just not show up on Instagram, but maybe you show up differently. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love that word. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's like figuring out what makes sense for what time. And then again, just, you know, done is better than perfect and just do what you can, like just go get it done. And, you know, I sent emails last week that I'm sure they weren't the best emails, you know (laughs) what I mean? But I knew I needed to get information to somebody. It went out and whatever it's it happened that's how I felt about sending you the email about this oh my I was, god that was the I was most seven days late oh my god I I have to say just so this is on the record that was the most beautiful email I've ever received in my life wow. I read it like six <laughs> times I can quit my job yeah, now <laughs> so much so that I was nervous to respond because I was <gasps> so busy and I was like oh my god my email's gonna be shit compared to this and I think I even said oh. in there like just so you know um <laughs> coming off a busy week it's so funny because you're having the same reactions to writing that email separately independent of each other I was like I said I'd send this to Leah 10 days before it's four days before oh my god I'm a failure but then I was like if anyone's going to understand that it's going to be Leah and then it happened and I I just felt such a weight because it was weighing on me every day that it was late and I tend to be that that person I take things so seriously I want to do a good job all yeah, the time. Have high standards, which high is a standards. good thing. That's yeah. a good thing. But I, I know what you mean. But I think the thing and what I've, one of the nuggets of wisdom I've so appreciated from your podcast is that consistency beats talent or cons- just consistency is key, yeah. right? It, I think especially 
living in this time where there's there's so much visibility into how people run their businesses on social media, it's very easy to feel like if I'm not showing up on three platforms oh every God. single day, um, posting engaging, thoughtful, clever reels and yeah. stories and doing my email marketing. And I have a great website that I'm not running a good business. And um, I often have to remind myself that just showing up sometimes is the tick. That's yes. the thing that makes the difference because I, there's something to be said for having staying power, really. Oh, and gosh. I think yeah. you're a really great example of that. 10 years. Congratulations. Thank you. Did <laughs> That's it all, amazing. Thank you. That 10 years. Well, did, did it all of, wrong for about the first six. Okay, so. well, I, I'm still in the we're doing it wrong phase, but eventually you, you start doing some things right and then yeah. things go right most of the time. But I think if you look at the stats for businesses, I'm sure you've done this a lot. How many businesses fail in the first year, three years, five yeah. years? Like you've outlasted all of that and you have all this wealth of experience. This is not your first rodeo, right? Yeah. There's a comfort in that. It doesn't mean that there won't be challenges. <laughs> I've had to learn that. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't mean I won't have stress in my life or oh there won't gosh. be challenges. Yeah. But you do get a little better at handling them yes um, there's less surprises like yeah and i will say after the pandemic nothing surprises me anymore oh my gosh. do you know what i mean like the stuff i used to worry about in 2019 is just like nothing like child's play like like here give me that i'll, I'll figure it out like it's nothing in comparison yep. so i i feel like yes it's time but then going through yeah the challenge i mean something like that where it's just you know pivoting like crazy and trying to figure it out and stay creative in a stressful season Yes. I'm sure you can find when you're stressed very hard to think creatively because your brain's maxed. <laughs> yeah, that's what I've been wondering this week, actually. Um, <laughs> but I think it's interesting because obviously, so you've been running your business for 10 years. Um, I'm sure everyone's sick of hearing about the pandemic on some level. But I think for businesses like you're well, and for a lot of us, even if you're not a business owner, you're still living with it in mm -hmm. in some way. Um I don't know what it's like to have had to pivot my business during that time because I started my business in June 2020, um, which is challenging in a different way. Yes. Um, and I feel like I had a lot of luck on my side, but I just have to give you a lot of kudos. Well, and, and to Kyle as well for having maintained your businesses during the pandemic when so many closed down. Amazing resilience and perseverance. We shouldn't always have to be so resilient, in my opinion. I'm but really I'll congratulate you. Thank still. you, thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, I would love to to not be resilient <laughs> for a second, to not to need to be resilient yeah, for a second all the time. Yeah, for yeah, sure, for sure. Um, mm -hmm. Tell me about the beginning stages. So you started in uh, during the pandemic. Way to go! Yeah. Jump right in. Uh, <laughs> what's the quote? Diamonds are made with what is pressure. it? Pressure, whatever. The I love quote that is. quote. It worked. Or um, another one. Uh, storms make trees go, grow deeper oh, roots. That's it. Yes, yes, yes. So that's, you really took that quite literally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, those have been my mantras, I think, for the last 10 years. Um, so before I, I share how I started my business specifically, I'm going to take a step back because it's important context. Um, so I'm not originally from here. I'm originally from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. I'm a prairie girl. I moved out here in 2014. Gosh, it's been nine years. Um, to do my master's in English. And at the time I was on an upward trajectory as a young scholar. I had published papers. I had, I was Saskatchewan's first recipient of a prestigious undergraduate award. I, 
I had a lot of feathers in my cap, and even if I was dealing with anxiety and burnout, it didn't feel as pronounced at 22 as it does now at 32. <laughs> it, it, it's um, different, yep. <laughs> but uh, there was a point, you know, after, as I was completing my master's that I, I looked around me and I looked around at all the other master's students, all the PhDs, and became increasingly disenchanted with the world uh, that I was seeing in the academic world. There was a lot of misery. <laughs> I know it's not only misery, so I don't want to paint such a dark picture. And I, I know it can be such a, an exciting and generative place for people. Um, but I just didn't see my future there anymore. And, and that was really hard because I had treated that as my first career. I had built seven years towards eventually going on to a PhD and becoming a professor myself. And then I needed to pump the brakes on that. I got extremely burnt out. Mm -hmm. I became very depressed. Um, I almost dropped out. And it was a crawl to the finish line to, to complete my thesis and just graduate. Um, and I was so thankful that I did. But then I took a leap into the unknown. Um, uh, something I tend to do often, uh, <laughs> looking back at my history. Um, I had a really hard time finding a uh, adult job in my field, uh, which was indigenous literature and critical theory. <laughs> no wonder. Uh, also as a non-indigenous person, that makes sense, but, uh, that's another discussion. Um, so the first job I had out of my master's was as a hostess at Brown social house in Surrey, uh, very cliche, very unglamorous. That doesn't mean that was my first job. I I've been working this more backstory, but I've been working in retail and customer service and hospitality since I was 15. So I had a lot of experience, but it was uh, a shocker being in the BC job market at that time, being from Saskatchewan, not having the network here. Yeah. I just really had a hard time finding a job. So I was a hostess for about five months. Uh, and then I received a referral from uh, one of my partner's colleagues to apply at a company called Shopify. Um, yeah, I know, Lisa. <laughs> I know that company. People are like, it's the music streaming company, right? <laughs> I can tell they, you. Yes, oh, you totally. work at Spotify? Oh, no, so that cool. would be cool. But, um, Shopify still, I've heard it's it's a good place to work. It was it? a good place yeah, to work. Okay. Honestly, seriously. I, I use Shopify, so I'm glad to know yes, that it is. Oh, yeah, That's very cool that you use Shopify. Yeah. So I, at the time, this was in 2018, geez, five years ago, uh, Shopify was doing a huge hiring push in BC. They hired somewhere between six to 800 uh, customer success gurus, they were called at the time. Oh I God. don't think they still use that language, but effectively the frontline customer support. Um, and let me tell you, I had no idea what e-commerce was, mm -hmm. even though I had ordered things online. You know, I didn't have yeah. a sophisticated understanding mm -hmm. of it. I was hadn't heard of this company before. Um, but what I liked about their hiring process is that they hired for personality and adaptability and a ability to grow as opposed to like hard technical skills, Love which let that. me tell you, I did not have. <laughs> like I can use Microsoft Office. That's fine. Um, uh, <laughs> sorry, not Excel. But <laughs> yeah, in terms of um, troubleshooting tech issues, that wasn't really and my... on the spot troubleshooting tech uh, issues. Yeah. that's a whole different. It's not like here, yeah. go Google it and then <laughs> exactly and, and doing that live with customers. But yeah. because I had had this wealth of customer service training, you know, in all sorts of different jobs, um, and even when I was in academics, you know, I was an educator and a peer mentor. I taught creative writing in a correctional center. Like I'd, I'd had all these interpersonal educational skills that I could bring to the table. And so 
after a uh, anxiety-inducing interview process where you you are asked on the spot to figure out a problem. <laughs> I know my palms were sweating. I, uh, I did get the job and it it was remote work, which this is 2018. People were not mm. working remotely. It was very rare. Uh, but we were living uh, in a 400 square foot apartment in Surrey and it like the job was great. The company was great, but I was just feeling like the walls were closing in. Yeah. Also, maybe you get a sense from this, but I am a people person. I like... I like having variety yeah. in my job. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so just being at a desk doing customer support chats and calls yes. every day, especially when you'd have people calling in like really frustrated yeah, or like angry. It it took its, it's toll. people's business. So you yeah, I don't yeah. want to see that side well, of people. <laughs> but the thing I really loved about that job was connecting with so many business owners, like from across the spectrum, like from the very beginners, I'm thinking about opening a store to like very well established doing like $10 million a year, you know, very interesting companies and just being able to connect with those people and understand their story and maybe give them some helpful tips or help solve problems for them. That was the thing I love most about that job, uh, connecting with the merchants. Um, but I did eventually find it to be quite a grind. Uh, I also was having a really hard time letting go of that post-secondary dream (laughs) that I had. Well, you'd put the work in. Blood, sweat, and tears for years. And I had strong mentors, a strong network. You know, I had like a a lot of feathers in my cap, like I said. So it seemed like, is this the right idea to let go of something that was my North Star for the longest time? Um, And so what I ended up doing, even though I loved the philosophy and the culture of Shopify, that's actually the first place where I learned about the difference between a growth mindset and a fixed mindset. Love it. They actually had like in their training, a t- like a, a session about that. Oh, that's And so cool. I printed out one of the visuals um, that indicated the differences and put it on my wall by my desk. So I could, because I didn't have technical yeah. domain troubleshooting skills, oh payment God. gateways, point of sale. Oh some of the, oh, some of the most challenging <laughs> calls I get point of sale. Um, <laughs> And, but you had to have this open-mindedness and this resourcefulness. And that's where I first started learning that, that combined with learning about, you know, the digital landscape, digital marketing, that's what planted the seed for me eventually start my business. But I didn't get there immediately. (laughs) I did go back into a post-secondary adjacent job for a bit. Um, I was actually in university admissions at a private graduate school in Vancouver, And the job looked great on paper, but the environment itself was very dysfunctional, very toxic. Um, I met some great friends, but I could not stay long. Mm -hmm. I kind of consider myself like a canary in a coal mine. Have you ever heard that? Yes. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Where (laughs) I think the the adage is that, or the the story behind that is that coal miners, uh, to detect the presence of toxic gases in the mines, would put a canary down first and to see if it would die. And for whatever reason, I am someone that is very sensitive to the environment I'm in, Mm. the interpersonal relationships um, and dynamics in that environment. And I used to feel very ashamed of that. Um, I used to feel like I was too sensitive. Yeah, Yeah, too much, right? (laughs) Um, But now... I see that more as a superpower. I own that a little more and I, I get to define that in my business. So anyways, (laughs) I am getting a little off track here, but, um, 
let's just say that before the pandemic hit, I was already experiencing extreme career turbulence. I ended up quitting that toxic admissions job without a backup plan in October 2019. Oh my God. Um, right? Not knowing what was coming. Yeah, of course. Really, and I don't know if that would have changed my decision, but it's really interesting looking back. Um, I basically called a retail location I used to work at and was like, can you give me a job for the holiday yes. season? It was Lush Cosmetics, by the way. Oh, I've done three Christmases at Lush Cosmetics and that's a lot, let me tell you. <laughs> um, but I jumped back into retail and yeah. then I got a job with the Vancouver Canucks supervising bartenders as a hospitality supervisor right oh like non-linear is my thing apparently and then but that's so impressive because that's such a different mindset in each of those roles like good for you it was hard I'm not yeah. I'm not gonna lie um there's always a lot of tears <laughs> but and I have to give so much credit to my partner Anthony for just encouraging me that I could do it that I could you know call Lush, for instance, yeah. and be like, hey, I know you need trained salespeople for the holiday season. You don't need to train me. Yeah. Can I have a job? And then they give it to me. Or to go have an interview for this hospitality supervisor position and be like, you know what? I could do it. Um, sometimes because you have to. Um, and now those weren't glamorous jobs, especially the hospitality supervisor. But I ended up really enjoying it because... Um, well, you have to live in the present, right? Yes. Uh, you're learning new skills and sometimes you just have to make the most of a situation that you're in and learn what you can and seeing it as a stepping stone towards something greater. I actually enjoyed that position <laughs> at the end of it. Um, but then, of course, the pandemic hit. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, and uh, suddenly, you know, large scale sporting events and concert events yep. weren't allowed to happen. And so... Um, that was uh, a forced pivot, right? But and was it in the back of your mind? Was something brewing back there or did it spark because you were... Oh, this is... Ah, I forgot this part of the story. So <laughs> during that time, I had quietly launched a website for my uh, business. Okay, it was brewing. I did not want to be a business owner, Leah. I did not. <laughs> Maybe that's because I'd seen my partner run his own businesses for the past however many years. Not that he did a bad job no, <laughs> at it in no, any no, way, but, it's... but just all I, I was, I think I was so complacent. I had low belief in myself mm -hmm. and I was a bit jaded and I was like, I just want someone to pay me a paycheck yeah. and, you know, put the golden handcuffs on me, please. Yeah. That's what yeah. I want. But the universe was kept showing me that's that's not what was going to happen for yeah. me you can only go which way the wind blows and the wind kept blowing me towards betting on myself I did not want to do that <laughs> did not um so I'd quietly launched this website offering writing and editing services in November 2019 I then registered the sole prop almost against my will again Anthony being like just do it you just mm. give yourself the option Oh, I registered I it yeah, in January, 2020. And then, well, fast forward six months, that's when I actually went into the business. Okay. But it took me about an eight month period to get even remotely comfortable with the idea. And even when I did start the business, I was not comfortable. Uh, a lot of days I'm still uncomfortable, but yeah. you, like you've often said, you feel the fear and you do it anyways. Yeah. Um, but all those external forced pivots all all the 
uncertainty and in some cases the pain. I also didn't mention that in the midst of that, I got fired for the first time in my life, not from the hospitality job, but from a different job I took in the interim that galvanized me, that the anger that I felt galvanized me to be like, you know what? If other people can do this, I can do it too. And that's when I started the business. Um, not too much fanfare, mind you. (laughs) (laughs) No fanfare at all. I was, I was doing all sorts of digital services to have effectively friends and family for yep. very little money. Yep. But I had learned a lot of resourcefulness in Shopify. Uh, I had learned a lot about digital tools, a lot about the digital landscape, marketing, and a lot of people in my circle at the time did not have those skills. Yep. And so they wanted my help. Yep. And that's how I slowly started to build up the business. Um, pivoting into copywriting only would come much later, but that's how it started. <laughs> I love that. That was a very long story no, to get that, there. <laughs> but, but you needed all that back story to understand the process and the thought process. And um, something that I really, really want to go deeper on is that when you said, um, we're going spicy, as you say, um, when you said that anger you felt gave you the push, because I think a lot of people are very scared to lean into dark emotions And I will say from experience, I mean, it's, I don't want to live in the dark all the time, but there's definitely certainly times in my business where I have been so pissed off and then something incredible came out of it. I remember even one time at an event, someone was really rude to me and it pissed me off so much. I had the best event ever. And it wasn't because I was then rude to customers. It just laser focused everything of like, fuck this. Like I'm like, it just gives you this oomph and this kind of jolt and and laser intention on why you're there and none of this bullshit and like I'm you here and you can do it and I'm gonna prove you wrong yes I wonder yes that could be a whole conversation there's something to that about um maybe people who have been underestimated especially when you they're get, younger yeah you get chip on your you shoulder get a bit of a fuck you attitude <laughs> yes. but no I, like did you fun. feel that like have you I guess the question is, have you been able to, now that you've felt that and been able to use it, have you been able to tap into that moving forward or are these things kind of few and far between? They just happen and then you make the most of it in the moment. That's a really good question. And I want to start by saying, I appreciate that you talk about this. And I think I even said that on Instagram because again, (laughs) the main takeaway about this, Victoria doesn't like social media. That's not true. (laughs) Please don't say, but I have qualms. That's what I'm going to call this episode. Yeah. I I have qualms with the highlight reel. And I think that's why your podcast was such a breath of fresh air because I had been talking about the vulnerable, hard parts of business, but I didn't often see that reflected um, in the content created from other business owners, Mm -hmm. more so glossy perfection which didn't motivate me. It actually made me feel worse about myself. Because well, um, it's like, why try? I, why try? I'll never even get to that. So why even bother? And then you realize that a lot of that isn't real and yeah. then you feel a bit better. And not to say like we shouldn't celebrate other people's successes. I'm a huge advocate for lifting up the people around us and celebrating with others. But um, I do find that sort of a highlight real mindset can be really disempowering. Um And I will say the more that I talked about my struggles in a really raw form, the more people would send me DMs and say, thank you. I really needed to hear that today. Or like, I didn't know anyone else felt this way. I appreciate you being 
vulnerable and honest. Um, so I do think <laughs> I'm someone that I don't think a lot of people would realize, um, about me that I do have a lot of darkness because I am a very positive people oriented person. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is that darkness there. That doesn't mean I always identify with it or let it define me. I just sort of notice it. Yeah. But then there's certain moments where it's more present than others. And I think when I was fired in 2020 from a job uh, where I feel like I did not receive proper training, Mm -hmm. did not receive proper support, and I was set up to fail, and when I inevitably did, inevitably did, I was punished for it. Mm -hmm. I, instead of feeling sad and woe is me, which I know that too. (laughs) I've been there (laughs) and I I still am there sometimes. It's like the switch flicked and I, I got angry, but as a form of empowerment, anger can be like, it's like lightning energy. So you do have to be careful how you use it. You obviously don't want to, uh, inadvertently zap others, especially, you know, don't bleed on the people that didn't cut you. Yes. Right. But I think especially in business, um, it can be so challenging. Like I, there's so many wonderful things about it, right? Like the ability to create your own environment, create your own reality and feel a bit more in charge of your destiny. Um, but it can be very challenging and it brings to the surface, at least for me. And I think for Leah too, <laughs> all your wounds, oh, <laughs> your woundedness, your, if you have low self-worth, okay, you're going to see that reflected in the yes. business. And that's going to be challenged time and time again. You don't have, firm boundaries. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. That's going to come up too. So it, it brings everything to the surface and you're forced to process it. So I think naturally there is going to be some darkness or some negativity, but sometimes I think the worst thing you can do is deny yourself that experience and pretend it doesn't exist. I think some people call that spiritual bypassing. You oh, know, I haven't heard of that. Uh, oh. I might have that wrong. <laughs> no, but I, I, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. It, where, there's such a focus on being like love and light all yeah. the time yeah. that we don't actually get to honor the parts of ourselves that um, maybe aren't so palatable. Yeah. Right. The, the things that don't fit into fancy little squares on social media. On social media. <laughs> yeah. And if, you can't talk about the dark, like in yeah. that level. And I, I'm so glad you said that because I, see a lot of people doing that and even I've caught myself doing this I'm because I'm a very positive person yeah but I am dark as fuck like I am very I have a very dark side and I think what I see other people doing that is concerning is when you don't acknowledge it you lose control over it yes because <laughs> then you're overwhelmed when you have a dark feeling because life is full of dark shit and yeah. when something happens and you now have an overwhelming dark feeling you don't know how to handle it because you've never let yourself feel it and that's mm. what's scary so that's why I, I'm not promoting like everybody should be like look for things to get pissed off yeah. about let's be right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. angry right? all the time yeah. but no that's not at all but it is yeah. that get comfortable with feeling triggered feeling angry and and don't let it take you over feel it and bottle that shit and use it like like use that to your advantage or just let it pass through but please feel it because the more we stuff things down it's not like it just dissolves and goes away it stays in there and then it's something is going to happen where you don't know how to handle it and you will be overcome with this darkness that you never sat with yeah and it can be completely disorienting completely debilitating I think I read somewhere that 
an emotion itself lasts only maybe two minutes. <laughs> but a lot of us don't even want to allow ourselves to feel the emotion. And I've always been a big believer in feeling. Feel to heal, heal to feel, you know. Love it. <laughs> I Love think it. I got that from a therapist in my past. But um, I think, I, I don't know why I am willing, and, and in the same way, this would be a question for you, like why well, why I am willing to show up online as a vulnerable, messy, raw person, (laughs) especially like it would be very easy to accuse me of being unprofessional at points. But my bigger point is that more than a professional, I'm a human and business relationships thrive when we connect as humans. Any relationship thrives. But yeah, I guess that's a counter question. (laughs) Why, like, why do you feel like you can show up vulnerably online. Have you received backlash for that or have you received mostly positive reception? Um, Mostly positive. I will say, I think because when I was growing up, I was always told I'm too sensitive, too much, dial it down. Like just your, what you're feeling doesn't exist. Be less. Yeah. Be less. Like, and so for so long, I didn't have, um, the ability or I didn't allow myself to be vulnerable. But when I met people that were, it was the thing that I loved about them. And then when I started, you know, letting go a little bit, it was the thing that was celebrated in me in my friendships, not online, just in my friendships. Mm -hmm. And then I had this aha moment of like, oh my God, maybe the people that I was around when I was younger, that wasn't the right group. Like, like who would have yeah. thought, right? Huh. Oh. Maybe it wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and not to say that how they were doing it is wrong. That works for them. You do your thing, but that's not who I am. And for so long, I was trying to fit into this very um, kind of strong on the outside, like, oh, I don't give a fuck, whatever. And like, that's not me. I, I give so many fucks. Like I, I know I, I, I spill them actually. I have so many to give. I'm, I'm super sensitive. And like, and I think that learning that sensitivity has nothing to do with strength and nothing to do. If you are sensitive, you're not weak. It means that you feel things deeply. I mean, it hurts me more than anyone else. Like my sensitivity, I'm the one that has to deal with it. Right. Like I don't put that on other people. So I think it was once I realized I can't change who I am and I actually like this part. And I like the conversations where you have with, with somebody where you get goosebumps and you feel that, yeah. like that really deep. You feel seen and yes. heard. You feel yes. connected. Yes. Like, and you're like, this is why we do this. Totally. Right. And then social media has changed. Like again, because of things like TikTok, where people are showing up with, you know, rawness and vulnerability mm-hmm. that has changed how marketing has changed. So now it was yeah. like, oh, I've spent this whole time, I have a jewelry brand, I'm supposed to show up, at, like everything's perfect. And now, again, I'm seeing this license to, to add a little messiness in there. And I will say <laughs> yeah. on my business one, I still keep it quite, it, it is still an aesthetic Within brand. parameters, yes. yeah. But I can do whatever I want on my personal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's finding that balance and finding, I always think too, am I sharing this? Because it, it, it does, the lines do get blurred sometimes. You see some people you know, trauma dumping online. Yeah. And so it's, there is this, this idea of there are certain things and it doesn't mean you can't share everything by all means, but you have to consider the intention. Why are you sharing this? For me, I felt so incredibly alone for my youth and when I was a little kid yeah. and growing up because I was so different and, 
and it was seen as very, like I was the one that didn't fit in. So my intention is always, if somebody sees this, can I make someone feel less alone? Yes. And I think if you you have, thank you. And you do, you, you, I know that I'm one of many that you've helped feel less alone, uh, for being too sensitive, too much, too vulnerable. Like, honestly, like I, I started listening to your podcast really, like I really dove in, I think it was in March or April of this year. Um, and I had been reeling from what I considered a catastrophic mistake I'd made in my business that led to the severing of a relationship that meant something to me. I know it even makes me tear up thinking about it because it was so painful. Um, even though, you know, I had unintentionally sown the seeds of that catastrophe, but, and, but I felt very isolated as a result of that. I felt very alone thinking no one else had made a mistake like this, or, um, has anyone ever felt like such a bad person, you know, like, and, and am I going to recover? And as I was starting to lick my wounds and rebuild myself, I would go to the gym. <laughs> Maybe I should go back there. Uh, <laughs> I've heard I, good things. I I've don't heard know. Good th- yeah. Yeah. I've heard good things. Like, good reviews. Um, and I would put my headphones in and just put on your podcast, um, and just listen and feel so much less alone. I felt like I didn't realize how alone I felt mm. until I felt less alone. <laughs> it's funny uh-huh. how that works. Yeah. Um, and I felt very encouraged and felt like I could actually just be myself and that that was my superpower. Even if that is perceived as too sensitive, too many feelings, oh, so God. vulnerable. Why oh, are you so God. messy? Like I actually am like, no, I'm just really... I'm really lit up and inspired by like honesty yeah. and just being real. And I used to say the word authenticity, but I think it's been so overused. It lacks meaning. And so your episode about congruency really resonated with me. And I've incorporated that into my vocabulary. And I've realized that because I've had a lot of business relationships that haven't worked out, mm-hmm. <laughs> just a few, um, I realized like maybe it wasn't a personal feeling. It was a, a lack of congruency between us or, um, maybe I, the person themselves wasn't congruent. And and I realized that that's important to me and that's something that I value and I seek to, you know, embody in all my dealings. It's not always easy. Um, but anyways, (laughs) yeah, I I appreciate that. that. I, your podcast has been so helpful and, like whether the longer, more narrative-based episodes with um, people from very different industries, but they make me think, you know, and they they give me hope. I really like hearing their stories of how they figured things out, even when it was messy and you couldn't really see that far ahead of you. And even the small little, the (laughs) one-shots, you know, the (laughs) seven-minute episodes, honestly, especially if I'm running late and I'm doing my makeup and I just need to listen to something to kind of, remind me of who I am, I'll put on your podcast. 
Yeah, a bit oh of a fan. Uh, <laughs> Leah knows that already. <laughs> I'm I'm so insanely honored, and thank you so much. Because I, when I started, I thought, oh, it's just going to be me talking to myself <laughs> in this box, <laughs> in, this, in this box, like in my pajamas. Like I just was craving a creative outlet, and I was frustrated with a lot of things. And it was like, yeah. I'm just going to blather on. No one's going to listen. And there was a lot of pressure taken off because it was like, well, no one's going to listen to it. And then and then we can. And it was like, oh fuck! Like people are actually listening. Oh no! Like, sorry, Leo's like, oh no! I've been, <laughs> no, I've been discovered. No. I've been podcasting. Here, yeah, totally here, here I am, just thinking it's just me, myself, and I in this box. Um, yeah. So thank you so Aww. much. Your kind words mean more than you know. It's um, it's been such a fun journey, and you know, demystifying success is. I'm just so over the how it's portrayed online and yeah it does make you feel like I mean social media it's funny how it's called social media but it's one of the most isolating things ever because it just makes you feel so separate from you're just looking at what people have and their journeys and if we can take those people out and actually have a conversation with them then you learn the real there's nuance there's nuance there's challenges like oh wow you didn't just wake up and decide I could have a business and it was there <laughs> and, and that it worked right away worked on the right first away. try and it yeah. immediately made money yeah yeah it's funny because uh, and a lot of people have talked about this like the the pros of social media and the the beautiful parts of it like I I've made some really wonderful friendships through Instagram yes especially during the pandemic that I wouldn't have made otherwise yeah um, and you know, like, so there are those, those opportunities for genuine connection. It's just, sometimes I do wish I could filter out all the other stuff, but then, you know, I wouldn't learn to navigate it yes. and wouldn't, wouldn't have those opportunities to reflect and remind myself, well, what's important to me? What, what yeah. is my takeaway from this? Yeah. Oh, and then sometimes simply encourage myself to be like, okay, that's enough internet for one day. Yes. Night. Yeah. 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 When and you like, feel no it. To, yeah. Yeah. Get off the train. Yeah. So, um, now I'm going to ask you a question. If that's okay. <laughs> the table. I've taken the mic. The tables have turned. But because I, I asked this um, in our little preamble that wasn't recorded, but I think this is uh, worth putting on the podcast. Um, I had asked you. So you've been doing a year of podcast recording, which is amazing. You've been running your business for ten years. Also amazing. <laughs> you just got uh, voted top third podcast in Vancouver by Georgia Strait. Wow. <laughs> Uh, claps for Leah, of course, now. I swear to God, I have not paid Victoria to be here. No, I actually spend my money willingly with her. (laughs) But um, I wanted to see, like, like, what has voted least least likely meant for Leah Yard Designs? Like, what has that done? And I thought your answer was a good one. I, I oh, thought it was I interesting. That. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. You know what? It's funny because I haven't been asked that and it's, I haven't really thought that much about it. And the when I started the show, the intention was definitely not to make money. I'm not making money on the, on the podcast. <laughs> there is no money being made on the podcast. Like, There's a money tree yeah, here. You yeah. can't see it unless you're seeing this video. But there's a yeah. there's a lot of money trees. So here. so like long term thinking, the yeah. show would be able to generate income, which is great. But that yeah. definitely was not the intention, um, and it wasn't even done to promote my business. It was a hundred percent done to add a creative outlet for myself, and in turn, what that has done is generate more income for my business because it has 
ignited me more. It has made yep. yes. it was a personal like it helped you personally. Yes. It's not like all of a sudden you had this huge stream of people no. flocking to Leah Yard Designs because no. of the podcast. But maybe that's not that's not who the needed the most help. No, and right? it's funny because I also those audiences are so separate. Like the the people <laughs> I talk to on the show and who the show is for are generally young entrepreneurs starting their journey feeling alone those aren't typically the people that are buying jewelry from me like some are there is crossover <laughs> there is crossover hopefully but, more will yeah. <laughs> but that's not they are kind of separate audiences and it's funny because when I started too I kind of thought oh I wanted like it was almost like oh I kind of want people who like customers of mine to not know about this because I don't want them to see. Leah has feelings. I know that I'm this very messy vulnerable side and I say fuck a lot and like when I'm at a show I obviously don't speak like that but as a person I am a very sweary person I can't help it I'm passionate and that's how I talk but Obviously, when I'm showcasing a jewelry brand at a trade show, I'm not like, this is a great fucking piece of jewelry. You should get this like our fucking Zodiac necklace. <laughs> like, it's our I best fucking clear. seller. I clearly, <laughs> I clearly don't talk like that. But, and I'm not even holding my tongue. It's just really not. No, it's, it's just not how vibe, you present right? yourself at the show. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So it's just, it was that idea because that was a thought. Well, these customers of mine that have known me for years and have never heard me swear or have never heard me talk about. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Right? And it's just a, th- a thought that. That I had. Um, nobody has left. Everybody has stayed. It's been fine. Mm. But I know that I was, I knew that I was potentially going to rub people the wrong way or surprise people in a way of like, oh, I, I didn't realize that's what she was like. Or that, not just the swearing, just the things I talk about. Um, and it makes people uncomfortable. Vulnerability makes people uncomfortable. This show is sponsored by our very own company, Leah Yard Designs. Leah Yard Designs is a jewelry brand in Vancouver, Canada that specializes in unique, semi-precious pieces. The designs are meant to be mixed and matched to celebrate the wearer. We love fashion juxtapositions, which is why you will usually find me in ripped jeans and a ton of gold jewelry. Our goal is to add glamour to every day. Our most popular design is our Zodiac necklace, which was created to celebrate what makes you uniquely you. 5% of all profits in the jewelry collection are donated to the DEWC, a local charity that helps vulnerable women in Vancouver's downtown east side. You can learn more and shop the full collection at www.leayarddesigns.com. And that's totally fine. But some people don't want that mixed with this jewelry brand, right? But some people. But some people do. Like the current speaker. <laughs> personally, really, like that's actually what makes me so loyal to you, right? And, and, and to, I will say most brand. of my customers, like they, the good people that have been there from the beginning, they know my intention. They know And who, your journey. Yeah. And that, I think it's interesting. Obviously, at first when you started the podcast, it was in response to a if I'm remembering correctly, a brand partnership that didn't pan out. Yes. You'd put in a ton of work and just to have it at the final hour, the, pl- the plug pulled. Yeah. I can imagine how frustrating that would have felt Yes, because I've been in sim- similar situations. And so it sounds like that was a moment where you tapped into your frustration and your, your anger yeah. potentially yep. and used it to create something yes. and to move forward and to have something that you owned. Right. Um, so it's interesting. I wonder like, 
obviously there's separate, there's separate initiatives, separate brands, but you're the uniting factor. And maybe as time goes on, especially with the visibility from the Georgia Strait, you might see more crossover. I think that could be interesting yes. to see what you learn, yeah. right? And maybe some of those people that have been with you for the past 10 years, some of whom I met in line at your anniversary event <laughs> while I'm chatting up the podcast. <laughs> Again, not paid. It just, I, I feel really strongly. It's just such a breath of fresh air. But, you know, maybe that would make them feel even better about the brand. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to say. Well, it, and I do, the, you know, it is so wonderful when somebody who I've, you know, who's been a customer for years talks about that and that event we did, it, it was so much a celebration of Aww. the journey. Yeah. It wasn't the... You know, oh wow, good for you! You've done, you've made a ten year. It was, it was really a celebration of the journey, and that is what kind of solidified. That's what I'm proud of. I'm not proud that yeah. it's been ten years. I'm proud of what has happened over the last ten years and where you started and where I started. To, yeah. Oh my gosh! Like so yeah. much to celebrate. And what could the next ten years yeah. look like? You yeah. know, it's just it. It's pretty amazing, uh, and I was very honored to be there that day and mm. to just be in that energy right and it was a good day it was, it was a really a good, good day. day it was a good day <laughs> and it was a they, lot of fun I met some really cool people in yes. line too like yeah. you you have great great customers really lovely people it was it was great to see all the different types show up but thank okay. you yeah I love that um that just reminded me there's a Tony Robbins quote that I love and he says we most people underestimate no most people overestimate what they will accomplish in a year and underestimate what they will accomplish in a decade. Yeah. I love that one. It's Perspective. Such a good one. Yes. It's, it's easy it's, to lose. It but. so is because, yeah, you know, every New Year's we get, we write in all these lists of things we're going to get done and all that. And then we feel really shitty at the end, but we don't look at the last 10 years of what have we, you know, where we were 10 years ago and everything we've accomplished. Right. Yep. And all I, I, like I was saying with my sort of, journey since I moved here like looking back all those twists and turns they're almost unfathomable like and even being where I am now someone who's been running a business for now going into my fourth year um you know solidly booked for the next two months and knock on wood let's keep the train going and like you know even thinking about eventually hiring an employee which scares the shit out of me yep. by the way <laughs> like I I've never done that before so yep. I don't know what that would look like but to even think about that as something possible um I used to not even allow myself to think about what was possible it's mm-hmm. like I didn't deserve it but now I just give myself that permission even in small moments to be like what well what if yes. like and to allow that to be a positive thing um but yeah it, in terms of wordplay like I don't always want to say it's a success, a success because then it's like you stop growing or you feel like, oh, right. I can rest. Yes, now. yes, yes. There is no and kind of F and no game end. Is there. No. Yeah, and and I'm not sure what the long term vision is. To be honest with you, like the fact that I started a business and it has continued to run and gain momentum, like the snowball rolling down the hill. You know, yes. it's it's gaining mass and momentum. Like that is so amazing to me. It is amazing. It is amazing. It is. Like. Congratulations. Thank you. That's how it <laughs> well, should be. Like, that's amazing. The, but I get into these traps, right? Like last year, for instance, I really wanted to have like a six figure year. Yeah. Because when, especially when you're a female business owner online, it's all about the six figure year or the yes. $10,000 month. Like there's yeah. just, it's like shoved down your throat. Yeah. And 
often in a way that's divorced from the process or the fact that you don't just go from A to B. Some people Mm do. And that's amazing. Yeah. But that hasn't always been true for me. And so I need to take comfort in different stories. And anyways, last year we didn't hit six figures. What was me? Um, <laughs> but we made 80K and <gasps> I had never been paid 80K in my life. Yeah. Like, and that was, you know, yes. and that was 200% over the year before. Yes. And so, you know, I, I get like my point being, I get stuck in the traps that everyone else gets stuck yes. in. And I think. Um, what's important is recognizing, oh, I'm being hyper-focused on an outcome yep. and and a, an external marker of success. And then reminding myself that if I align myself internally and sort of tap into what I need or my definition of success, the external will come yes. when it's meant to. Yes. It's not forced. But sometimes to remind myself, oh, I'm actually doing something viable here. Like I, I'm building something. Yes. I do look at those numbers, even in hindsight, just to be like, wow, you know, 200% growth year over year. Yes. Probably won't be the same level of growth for this next year, but it's growing. Yes. And, and that's the thing like you, that's what I, cause I get caught in that too. You have to measure the success because that's how you gain momentum. Yeah, but not get wrapped up in the outcome, like you said, and narrowly is, focused. Yeah, like, but it is so hard. And yeah, there is all that crap online. But the other thing too is success isn't just measured by numbers. Like mm-hmm. I've had, we kind of talked about this earlier. Like certain events where I maybe don't do very well financially at the event, but the event itself is a gigantic success because you network or you have a whole trickle effect what? afterwards. Online. Email signups potentially, yes, yeah. totally exposure, all that. So it, it's finding. I mean, it's all about how we categorize what our values are and what's important. Yep. You tapped on, I don't know if you have a full-fledged um, term or definition, but do you? how do you define success for you? Oh, that's such a good question. It's a hard one because I feel like it changes. So It, it changes and it We're it on the record, but... but <laughs> <laughs> no, I think for me, and I, and I had said to you before um, entering this podcast that I'd come out of a very emotionally challenging week um imposter syndrome just jumped up out of nowhere Mm -hmm. and I I think it's the last few weeks really but it just it's chewed me up and spit me out and so I'm still recovering in a way and not listening to the inner critic as much and so what does success mean for me especially considering the week that I had um I think it I have to ground myself in simple definitions because yep. I get too wrapped up sometimes. <laughs> um, doing good work with good people. There is mm. a definition of success I for me. That. that leaves a lot of wiggle room for what could be. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, here's one. Being of genuine service um, with boundaries, of course. Yes. <laughs> People-pleasing <laughs> tendencies do come out. Yeah. But I think part of why I started a business is because I wanted to be of genuine service. Um, certainly the service right now is copywriting and content writing, but that's not all I want people to get from me when they work with me. I want them to feel really validated and valued and understood. Um, and so that we can reflect that in the storytelling that we do, that we do together. Um, and then, I don't know. I, I like personality tests and things like that. So sometimes that gives me ideas. Well, what could my definition of success be? I think a good, I want to feel like exhausted at the end of the day, 
but because I was doing so many things that lit me up, mm. you know? Fulfilled. Yeah, fulfilled. And it's not happiness. <laughs> that it's It can be tricky to talk about happiness, especially yeah. when you struggle with anxiety and depression. Like, And I think our society has a bit of a warped definition of happiness, at I least agree. in the Western world, where I think more about satisfaction and contentment and like kind of like that slow burn yeah. a little bit. Um, that's where I want to keep going. And, and I think some days I get closer, some days I'm farther away, but I keep moving in that direction eventually. Um, so thank you for reminding me of that. I think I really needed to remind myself of that after yes. this week. There were definitely some tears. Uh, yeah. I stress ate some sushi, <laughs> which I actually recommend to others. I recommend I, I that recommend coping that mechanism. Too. Yeah, I will recommend that too. <laughs> um, but it, it was, it was just one of those weeks where yeah. the, it was just hard, yeah. you know, so, and you're just in a funk and a, yeah. and it's largely internal, but those are the tough ones to get out of sometimes where, yeah, you're just in your little dark corner. But I, I feel like it's passing. It just takes time yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that and your vulnerability with that because what I think and I hope people hear this is that you're very busy and you're doing very well right now. And that doesn't mean that there aren't difficult things at the yeah. same time. And sometimes that boost of you know, more work and, and working with more people and exposure. That's great. Yeah. But with that comes a lot of stuff that, you more know, money, more problems. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, but I thank you for saying that it can be both and yeah. versus one or the other. Yes. And that's something I have to remind myself that yes, I can be building something I'm proud of. I can be um, proud of being an entrepreneur because that's currently what works for me. Yeah. Not saying it's going to work for everyone, but that's currently what's working for me. Yeah. And I feel like I have good people in my life and good supports. There's, there's lots to celebrate. Yes. And yes. I also feel the pressure. Yes. I feel the imposter syndrome rising, yeah. which it does once in a while. Yeah. Um, I feel down yeah. <laughs> or maybe I'm grieving yes. something, yes. whether in, in my professional life or in my personal life, yeah. I have doubts. Um, I think I have to remind myself it's okay to be human. Yeah. Sometimes I extend that very easily to others, but not always myself. Yes. And I so know. I have to remind myself of yeah. that. Um, my therapist reminds me too. Oh, but I love that. <laughs> that's good. I pay her I for that. that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, she's doing a yeah. good job. Yeah. <laughs> but it can be hard yes. to give ourselves permission yes. to not be okay yeah. sometimes. And because especially as a business owner, like, if, if I did stop working for whatever reason, the business, it would effectively halt yeah. in a sense. Like, a, yeah. and that would be true for you, uh, to some extent, yeah. like I'm sure you have automations and things, but it is Leah Yard Designs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I, again, I like what you say about consistency because some, we think consistency is showing up at 110% every day, yes. but some days it's. 10%. Some days yes. it's 60. Yes. Some days it's 90. Um, yeah. My friend Justina, whom you've met, she had shared an image about that and I screen capped it immediately. I screen crap a lot of stuff <laughs> to just remind me because yes. I, I need that constant reminder yeah. that it's okay to not be like perfect yeah. effectively. Yeah. 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 Oh, I love that. I'm going to cry now. No, just, <laughs> but like happy tears. Yes. Um, you are 
you sound like you've always been a very intuitive person. Is that true or is that... Because even when you talk about these pivots, you it always goes back to a gut feeling. Yeah. Has that always been there? Did you ignore <sighs> it? Did you learn to listen to it? Are you working on it? Where are we at? <laughs> yeah. So I think similar to you, I come from an austere childhood setting where... I didn't listen to my feelings. I didn't feel connected to them. I didn't feel connected to a sense of self. Um, it, it's challenging when you, you grow up with a parent who has um, mental health issues that he wasn't aware of at the time and also um, a clinical narcissist. Um, I know narcissism gets talked about quite a lot these days, and that's important. We should talk about it. Um but narcissistic abuse is a very specific thing. And um, it's even hard for me to say that I've experienced it. Yeah. But um, that's part of my, my childhood legacy. And so I developed all these coping mechanisms that often had to deal with sort of divorcing from myself and um, pleasing others at my own expense. And so I think um, to unravel that because that only takes you so far. Most mm -hmm. coping mechanisms and survival mechanisms, they do get you through, but they only take you so far, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think, <laughs> well, especially when I was in my teens, like lots of therapy, journaling. I've been journaling since I was 13, like mm -hmm. um, lots of processing and trying yeah. to heal while also recognizing that that's a lifelong process that never stops really. Um, I started to tap into my emotions and actually acknowledge them. It, it, I will say it's so funny to talk about this now because I am, I consider myself very fluent with my emotions, probably uh, too much. Quote unquote. Like I, <laughs> oh, I really, like I really allow myself to feel. Yeah. Um, but I think that's a response to feeling like I couldn't do that for a long time, mm -hmm. or um, that it was unsafe to do so, or um, that that's not how people that like just not even knowing how healthy people functioned, really. Um, so that <laughs> long story short. I think my sense of intuition or trusting my internal world and my feelings has been cultivated over time, really since I started the healing process um, in my, well, probably in my mid-teens, definitely early 20s. Um, but again, those things, like it's it's active and it's ongoing, Yeah. right? <laughs> I think being a business owner again, it's like, oh, I guess I haven't healed that. Like, ooh, <laughs> yes. okay, oh, great. Like, let's pay attention to this. Yes. Yeah, add it to the list. But yeah, um, yeah. but I, I think I, that's why I feel so passionate about vulnerability, not, not trauma dumping, like you said. Like, yeah. I think we have to have boundaries or the yeah. ability to read the room, yes. right? And, yes, yes, yes. And not suck the air out of the room. Yeah. But I think, and I don't want to say strategic vulnerability because that sounds like a corporate outcome. <laughs> no, but, but it's an intention. An I intentional think. vulnerability and a, and a decision, which is what it is for me to be like, you know what? I'm feeling this way right now. 
And not only am I going to express it to help myself feel less alone because I know other people will receive it, but to also help them feel less alone um, <laughs> because they'll see someone else yes. expressing it. And that sort of um, feedback loop has been really powerful for yeah. me. And so I just keep going in that direction. Uh, <laughs> so, But... Even and even saying this and even being like, yes, I champion vulnerability. I listen to a podcast that champions vulnerability. <laughs> Sometimes I still do think, oh my gosh, am I being perceived as unprofessional or yeah. which can be so reductive, right? Yeah. Um, but I have to remind myself that like being a professional person or a business owner is a part of me. It's not all of me. Yes. And to be the best business owner I can be. The whole human has to be healthy, right? Yes. The whole person. Yes. Um, and I don't always see that encouraged in, uh, you know, online discourse about business owners. Yep. Like, um, so I'm glad we're having these conversations. I hope they continue. I'll be listening to yeah. them. <laughs> yeah. Well, they are so important. And uh, again, not to continue to dump on social media, but again, there let's is, yeah, let's just, just, just get in there. But there is this narrative of, you know, it's like hustle, hustle, hustle. And then people are like, oh, oh there's too much hustle. You should be self-care. And then it's, it's so black and white. It's like, so one or the other, so extreme. And yeah. then it's like, but then balance. <laughs> it's like, but you told me to like, not do this. And you know, it's, it's so, we're trying to, um, condense all of these parts of ourselves into these little quotable boxes that it just is not possible. And then we feel shitty about ourselves when we can't achieve it or when we're burnt out and then we feel guilty, but we're burnt we're out. We're being burnt out. Yep. And it's just, oh, I am too busy. Like, yes. And think, then yeah, yeah, guilty for when you're busy, it's like, well, this is what I wanted, but then you're, it's too much. To and then be you struggling feel, yes. with it. Yes. Which is yeah. where I'm at right now. It, what comforts me is I think it's like... It's like, take what you need on a given day. Yeah, uh -huh, I, I think, love that. <laughs> I think it, it, and that can apply to like the energy behind anger too. Some days you are going to be more motivated by like the hustle and the grind. Yes. And that's going to be the thing you need. Yeah. Um, where other days you're going to be more motivated and soothed by s slow growth, slow, like yes. the slow movement. Yes. Right. And then just like some days you're going to be motivated by like, you know what, I could think more positive and I'm going to practice that today. Yeah. Where other days it's more motivating to kind of sit in the darker feelings. Yeah. And, and I think it just depends on what you need on a given day yeah. and knowing that every day is going to be different. And so just like, yeah, I think it's when you get stuck in one mode yeah. and that is maybe where the challenges arise. Um, I think the variety is important too. Yeah. Like I, I always think about, I use exercise a lot as a, an analogy just because yeah. I feel like that's something that's visual. People can understand. Like when I lift weights, the things that are being said in my head are a lot different than when I do like <laughs> yoga. You yes. know what I mean? So like, what do you or need on a given day? Yes. Or like the music I'm listening to when oh, I listen I to it, right? When, I li when I'm lifting weights, I'm not listening to like what is it Enya or whatever Enya. like I'm, like I'm not listening to that right I'm listening to something that's pretty aggressive and that pisses me off or that whatever like because that's what I need when I'm lifting yep. something yep. so it's pick and choose oh, I, <laughs> right? I like that well I was a teenage metalhead and well I still do listen to metal once in a while and it's funny because metal is often I would say misinterpreted as like angry bad music 
But there's something very cathartic about it yep. for me. When 100%. I listen to it, I don't feel angry. I actually feel very calm. Yeah. Uh, don't worry, this whole podcast episode will not turn into talking about metal because <laughs> I listen to a ton of different music. Yes. Like, love music. but And um, that's where it'll be dependent on your mood, what you're choosing, right? Yeah, some days I do want Enya. Yep. And I want a very regulated nervous system and to tap into that calm. But other days I want the sort of energy and catharsis yes. of something heavier. Yes. Like, um, so yeah, it just... Take what you need yeah. on that day. It's like a video game or something or like an RPG game. It, Not that I play any of those things, but like, you know, which tool are you going to use today yeah. to help you get through? And don't, and don't, and that's where I think intuition is so important because don't overthink it. Like sometimes it doesn't yeah. matter why you need what you need. <laughs> Just, you know. Don't like, over intellectualize it, like, says Anthony to me all the time. Don't overthink it. Oh, God. But yeah. that's what I do. I know. I'm. It's one but of my specialties. I will say I'm very good at overthinking. <laughs> I'm well, very like, good at it. Well, today, I think the thing that motivated me, it was, I had a bit of a slower morning and then we, we were in a bit of a rush to get to the studio and get things ready. But I think like, I think, an underlying sense of calm motivated me today where other days you're in that sort of, I got a huge to-do list and yep. I got to get shit done and like yep. I'm gonna put on some music and I'm going to do it. Yeah. Not me today. Yeah. <laughs> it's Saturday. Yeah, it's Saturday. We're having a I, slow day. Yeah. yeah. We're having our little fireside chat. <laughs> There's no fire, but just picture it people. Um, we have our cozy coffees and we're in a cozy space and we're just having a great conversation. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> and then we, we're just taking what we need as we go. Yeah, we're taking what we need. Pumpkin spice latte yeah. <laughs> with whip. Thank oh, you. I love it. Um, so we talked about success. What does, when you hear the word failure, what, what happened? Oh, I just saw a, a very visceral reaction what how do you view it we have to talk about that that's so true um because that's the theme because of i this still podcast. yeah well this is like i go on about how i'm trying to glamorize this but or redefine it or whatever but i still hate failing it's not like i'm oh, loving it no like it's it. it's shit <laughs> i think it's one of those things you become more comfortable with it's like same with risk tolerance mm. you just become more comfortable with it um when it happens Failure for me used to be something I avoided at all costs. I think I certainly have that perfectionistic overachiever bent to me, which, you know, she loves to make herself known once in a while. Um, and so failure would, failure is not an option. Yeah. But I think sometimes maybe failure is the, the kindest thing or it's the, the most honest thing. Like sometimes things just don't work out and it's not your fault. Um, and sometimes things don't work out and it is your fault and that sucks, but you know what? Welcome to being a human. Like, <laughs> even if you don't feel that true for yourself in that moment, like that's when you need to talk to a trusted person that reminds you, Hey, I've been there before too. Yes. Um, that catastrophic business failure I referenced, uh, many minutes ago, I was able even though it was very hard at first, I felt so ashamed. I was able to break through that shame by reaching out to a few strategic close people and their own sort of admissions of things that have happened to them or people that they know really helped me. They're like a bomb um, for, my, for my spirit. I also think, though, it's funny being an entrepreneur, like 
failure is truly like you, you can't like failure and success are Velcroed together. <laughs> you can't peel it. Well said. Um, I, yeah. <laughs> I aggressively agree with that. That's... Yeah. Um, and, and failure is actually the way that you learn. Mm. I, I do think we learn more from failure and making mistakes than we do from wins. Yeah. Maybe it's that human nature thing to focus on the negative <laughs> as opposed to the positive. But maybe it's like you, you just like, you're like, ooh, that hurt. Yeah. Not going to put my hand on the stove again, <laughs> right? As opposed to something that went well. And so I, I, I during my best days, I'm very proud of the failures. Mm. Be, well, the ones that I got through, right? Yeah. Like, it, yes. and I know there'll be more. It, so you just, you become more open to the concept and actually something from Shopify tying back to that, they, they would talk about the concept of failing forward. I love so it's this, it's not a failure so long as yeah. you learn from it, yeah. but also it's okay to call it what it is. Yeah. Like we, failure need not be so scary. Like, and, you know what I'm saying? And not yeah. so personal. Cause that was what I, yeah. I always thought if I fail, it means I am a I'm, failure. Oh, uh, Right. Yeah. And that those are two totally separate things. The oh. only way to truly be a failure is if you stop trying. Failure to try. Yeah. Yes. And, and then, if you and as soon as yeah. you stop trying, yeah, you'll have no you'll have no failing, but you'll <laughs> right? Like you won't if you do nothing, I guess you'll yeah, you won't you will avoid having failings, but you yeah. will kind of be a failure because you're giving up. Like and you're you'll, you'll avoid the good things too. Yes. I think uh, a long time ago I said I made a commitment to myself and I don't even know when, but I always wanted to be the person that tried and failed versus not trying at all. Um, and it hurts. It can hurt more when you try and fail, but at least you're feeling something as opposed to not doing anything. Yes. And then only having, uh, I don't know, living a monotone life in that sense. I like variety. Some days I would like a little less variety. <laughs> um, but I, I, I don't know. I think we just have one life. You know what I'm yes. saying? Yes. Like you might as well try. Yeah. What's the worst thing that could happen? Like, I can't say that for every situation. Like, I don't know, skydiving, there are yeah. different <laughs> risks involved as opposed to like starting a business or yeah. quitting your job and finding a different job or yes. like, deciding something else in relation to your life but generally what do you have to lose um a lot less than you might think i agree i I think oh and i think you agree with this we underestimate our ability to figure things out as we go and so we're like oh my god i can't which is why i was so hesitant to start a business i'm like i don't know how to do it it's like Anthony literally said this to me yesterday. How do you eat a cheeseburger? <laughs> or how do you put your pants on? Well, you put your pants on one leg at a time. Yeah. And I said to him, I eat the cheeseburger by stuffing the whole thing in my mouth and choking. <laughs> but no, the answer is you eat the cheeseburger one bite at a time. One in day theory. at a time. In, in theory. theory. Some yeah. of us don't want to answer the question that way. I want to answer it my way. But yeah. <laughs> She's an all but, or nothing kind of gal. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That's a default setting. I, I really have to work with. I have with. that too. Yeah. It's factory um, setting for me. Yeah. So, but yeah, one, like I, that's something I often have to affirm and remind myself, like I am capable. Yeah. I am adaptable. I will figure it out. 
and like that sometimes it's okay to let future Victoria deal with it. Even that if future Victoria is Monday, you know, as opposed to Friday. Right. Um, I hold so tightly to situations and to, to needing to control that I actually make the situations harder. And that's what I was reminded of this week in part that sometimes it's my own stress and reaction to something that actually causes the stress. It's not the situation itself. So yeah. Interesting. (laughs) Well, and just doing the moving forward, even, I don't even like to use the word forward, but action, just taking action is really the thing that, I mean, that's kind of the key consistency and action. Those two go hand in hand. Do you listen to, um, it's my favorite podcast, impact theory with Tom Bilyeu. No. Oh, oh wait. I, 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 but I know who he is. Yeah. Okay. I, I absolutely love it. I it's probably um, listen to that one. His wife has one too called yes. Women of Impact, Lisa okay. Bilyeu. Um, it's funny. We were joking the other day at home because apparently his demographic is like young men in their 20s. And I was like, oh, shit. And then you're like, I'm a big fan. Yeah, yeah I know. But it's like my favorite. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, okay. Hey, why well, not? Yeah. Like, but it's what I listen to when I lift weights too. So it kind of makes sense. Yes. <laughs> but take what you need on yes, a given day. On the day. Right? Anyways, he talks about failure so much about how it's like the most important thing. And he says that it is better to um, go a thousand miles in the wrong direction (laughs) than just stay still. Which yeah. I love that because Aww. I think so time so many times we get very scared to make the wrong decision yeah. so we don't make the decision. And it's like make the decision. Don't don't be flippant. Yeah. yeah. But make the decision, commit to it. If it goes down, well, then okay, I'll make a different decision next time. Like you will That's learn information. Yeah, you will learn so much from that. And that really resonated with me because I was terrified to fuck up make a mistake, take any action, take any yep. action. And that's why I joke about, you know, it took, I did everything wrong for the first six years. Cause I kind of <laughs> did nothing for the first six years. You know what I mean? Like I, it was but very much a, on a, the side in that fear to make a mistake stopped yes. you from taking any action. Yeah. I think that's really common. And I think that's part of why, um, I did not start a business for a long time. It wasn't yeah. even on my radar for a long time, but then when it was on my radar, I was like, Oh, there's no way. Yeah. Nope, nope, nope very ambivalent about it because I couldn't tolerate the idea of making a mistake, but (laughs) it only becomes easier if you can become more tolerant to the idea of failing and making a mistake. And like failure becomes almost like that, that, that extra ingredient that just makes the dish taste better or something like it's a fact, the F factor, Yes, you know, that, um, and the, the people I respect and admire the most have failed many times yes. in many different ways. And I would never in my head consider them, oh, that person is a failure. No. But I see it as um, those experiences have strengthened them. They've helped clarify their values. They're even clearer of what motivates them. Yeah. And so when I do f- fail um, and I went in anticipation of my next failure, whenever that comes, um, as long as I'm learning, like I said, yeah, then it's fine. Yeah, it's, it's a lesson. It, yeah, it's, it's part a of lesson. the process. But yeah, it, analysis paralysis is tricky, though. That does also come up in my business, even still. You know, yeah. even though I've been doing this for going on four years now, you've been doing it for ten years. Those things still come up. Oh God! No yeah. matter how experienced you are. Yeah. But again, you just you get better at recognizing. Oh, this is happening, 
and then reminding yourself of this is how I've gotten out of this situation in yep. the past. So I, yeah. I have been wanting to implement an affiliate program <laughs> with Leah Yard Designs for like three years, but I can't decide which software to use and, oh my gosh and, and literally <laughs> and there's so many right and every single time I start the research and I go down and it's like oh just I'll do it later and I and I don't and it's just one of those things I cannot pull the trigger on it but I think the main reason is that because there's other people involved it's a bigger oh, decision right so it's that's like true if I fail and then it doesn't work you know there's that social component of like I don't want it this I don't want my bad decision to affect somebody else negatively blah 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 or I'm just using that as an excuse to put it off. I it's don't so know. Well, but and, and I think about that in terms of hiring someone yes. to, to help manage the workload. Yes. Like, well, what if there's not enough money to pay them? Yes. That affects their life. Yes. Or like, what about making sure they're set up for success with the systems they need and like the mentorship and the training? Because I know what yeah. it's like not to have that. And like, um, I almost talk myself out of it yeah. because I, again, underestimate my ability to figure out. Now, that doesn't mean like be flippant with the decision. Oh, it doesn't matter. I'll just nope. start an affiliate nope. program and who cares yep. what, what happens. But I, I wonder if there's a way to temper it with like, you know what? I figured out a lot of things over these last 10 years. Yes. Right. And, and I think it's how you manage the mistake. Like I think about this a lot. I'm really yeah. worried about making a mistake, but I know that I will make it right. If there's someone else involved, I will make it right for them. Yeah. If if I mess up a customer's order, I'm never like, oh well, deal with it. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Like, sorry, yeah, your fault. <laughs> I I will always make it right. And then I've yeah. and I have messed up on orders because it happens. And I've gained great customers because I've made it right. So I think that's the other thing is, it's that piece of accountability. It's having the willingness to fail, mm -hmm. and then having the. Um, holding yourself accountable and taking responsibility to the aftermath, which I think is why failure can be scary, but yeah. there's a weight to it, but that's part of the piece. But when you do that, people see you as an honorable person, person. a trustworthy person. Yeah. It's funny. Um, one of the things I took away from my short stint with Brown Social House was the idea of like, what do you do when someone's order gets messed up. Um, now, how do I phrase this so that it actually makes sense? Um, mess ups happen all the time, of right? Course. Especially in a, a, a busy kitchen. Maybe it's a busy Friday night. It's a Saturday night. These things happen. So it's not like the if it happens, it's the when. Yeah. Um, and then you get to make a decision about what to do with it, how you get to choose how you respond. And I remember my manager at the time saying that, if a mistake happens, like this is your opportunity to go in and like flex those customer service muscles. And what often happens, um, you not only turn that negative into a positive, you actually create more loyalty than would have been available to you hadn't everything gone right. Thousand percent. Right. Like, so I, I have I've to remind this, myself yeah. that. And, and then I think of the imagery of steel being stronger where it was broken right? Um, and so sometimes like, well, not sometimes like mistakes will happen yep. and they do, but depending how you respond to the mistake, that actually creates an opportunity to build the relationship stronger yep. than would have been presented to you otherwise. Um, now <laughs> it doesn't mean that every situation you're going to build the relationship no, perfectly, but no. I think it goes a long way to just acknowledge like, Hey, 
my bad, totally yeah. made the mistake and just take ownership over it. Like personal accountability is so important. Well, and we see this a lot with, you know, cancel culture and all that now, like big things, you know, companies being taken down for certain things. But when there is a real problem, they really fucked up and they say like, yeah, we really, we fucked up. Like yeah. it makes you trust the company. It's not some people, well, you know, you get one shot and that's it. But that's true. Yeah. For the most part, that's so much better than just, you know, putting out some statement that's just wishy-washy and, oh, it was whatever they say, P, you like know. a generic PR statement. Yes, yes, I, yes, yes. I it's, think it's that human thing. We yeah. want that because it's our time. And if we get wronged or if, if a customer, if I've, if something has gone wrong, I want it to matter that I trusted <laughs> yeah. this company with my time, my money, my research. If you're like me and it takes me a long time to buy something, yep. I want that trust of I'm going to buy it. I'm taking a chance on you. And then they, if they make a mistake, they fix it. Right. Like that you value me, you yes. know, like, yes. And it's funny. Cause you like, just because we've all, you know, <laughs> existed during the period of e-commerce, I'm assuming anyone that's listening, like you, you see all types of responses to mistakes yep. from companies. Um, in some cases, you know, this hasn't happened to me personally, but I've heard of situations where, um, people get blocked (laughs) if they bring up a complaint or or totally stonewalled. But then on the other hand, where like your complaint is heard and it is valued, validated and you feel valued and then it gets taken care of. And then you feel even more loyalty to that brand. hundred percent. Yeah. But yeah, cancel culture makes it tricky. (laughs) I I don't, because I also think people like ultimately we're all human. Yeah. Um, and we do make mistakes even when we don't intend to. And I always think people should be given the chance to, you know, make things right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like Holmes, (laughs) make it right. Um, sorry, that's a weird reference anyways to a <laughs> contractor that my mom loves but <laughs> I love but like make it right and yeah. and to do that and be given the opportunity to rise to the occasion yeah. before um the situation being taken in a different direction but we're only in control of so much yeah. right we can only make choices that we can only choose how our behavior comes across right or not how it comes across, but you know, we can only choose our actions. Yeah. yeah. I really love the common theme in this <laughs> chat. To me, the thing that I keep hearing is um, being honorable and having integrity in your business. Yeah. And that's what I love about you. Everything that you kind of put out there, it just has this through line of that. Um, and I think that's what makes a great business because you're going to make mistakes because we're all going to make mistakes, but it's having that self-awareness. We were joking before we started recording how, and I've said this on the show before, um, business, uh, or entrepreneurship is personal development 101. Like it really is. Right. And like, you better be ready to, I mean, not to say I've met a lot of business owners that are, that don't view it that way and that double down on, on the, the potential flaws or blind spots that they have. But for a, if you're open to looking at it and being self-aware, it is personal development one. And if you use it in that way, you can really grow and yes. expand and get better. Um, and having that, keeping that integrity while you do it. Um, yeah. So I commend you for that. Oh. That's, well, likewise. Thank oh, you. Thank you. <laughs> it, I just wouldn't choose differently. But I think 
it's funny. I, I think we were talking about this before recording as well, like, or maybe even earlier in the recording. I can't remember. Sorry. Um, that things that you think would just be common knowledge yeah. or common sense or table stakes as they're sometimes called like integrity, honesty, the ability to take accountability for your actions. Yeah. Um, you think that that would just be shared, <laughs> you know, that everyone would do those yeah. things. But um, the more that I go through <laughs> my business or move through life as a business owner, the more I realize that, wow, those things actually aren't always uh, common sense to people or the default setting. It, it is a choice. And so that is a differentiator in and of itself. Like we were saying about consistency, consistency beats talent. In some cases, maybe integrity beats talent. Mm -hmm. um, maybe it's not as glamorous and loud as talent, yeah. but um, it there's something to be said for it and the right people will really admire that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, cause for me, I'm like, well, thank you for acknowledging integrity. Like, but I'm like, but yes, shouldn't that just be what everyone has? But then I recognize even from our conversation that I guess that's not the case. And everybody's got different levels, different levels. You know? it, it manifests differently at different times. Um, but that's something that really, that I really value integrity, congruence, congruency. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, vulnerability it when it makes sense again not dumping on others or spilling our yeah. feelings everywhere but like the connective tissue that vulnerability can create between people relationship building like mm -hmm. building long-term mutually beneficial relationships like um really getting to know people uh, valuing them understanding yeah. them like those are all the things that i love and the things that i do get to do as a business owner regardless of what business I run, you know, right now it happens to be a uh, copywriting services business. But I suspect that as time and life goes on, I might do different things. I'm not quite sure what the long-term plan is. I would love to write books. Oh my gosh, I'm committing to that by this is going to be my next question. So I love that oh. we're on the record. Okay. <laughs> Tell me more. Well, it, it probably comes as no surprise that I'm a bit of a like self-help personal development junkie. Mm -hmm. um, I love writers like Brené Brown, Glennon Doyle, Cheryl Strayed. Um, oh my gosh. There's other obvious ones that I am. Elizabeth Gilbert. Um, I love the vulnerability and strength of these women's words and they have carried me through so many different things in my life so many different experiences and it's funny because yes there is a lot of self-help material out there there's a lot of motivational material out there so what would I be contributing to that discussion well I'm not sure it's always about necessarily presenting something new but presenting it from your own perspective and I love memoir. I love biographies. <laughs> I really love people's stories. Like, yeah. honestly, like, especially through the really dark times in my life, learning about other people and how they persevered is the thing that's gotten me through. And so I have a really soft spot for those types of stories. Um, but I also recognize that I don't often fully share my story. And so... I think that's more life's work as mm -hmm. opposed to 
work work. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what yeah. I do for subsistence. Um, but I think eventually, like I, I will be working on the copywriting business for the next at least three to five years, I can imagine. Yeah. But I think eventually, I'm not sure how this will work. I guess I'm putting it out to the universe, but I would like to transition full time into like authorship in that sense mm. and then speaking like public speaking and but being on a stage and having these sorts of conversations yeah. and interviewing people and like getting into the nitty-gritty and starting a podcast yeah starting I've thought about starting a Start, podcast I highly and, recommend it <laughs> well hey you and you've it, got I know you're gonna say it's not easy but you make it seem really easy but I know there's a lot of work that goes into it it, it just but, it requires more time than I yes. than I anticipated <laughs> yeah but I, yeah, I hands down recommend it. And you know a guy that can help I you with it. I do know a guy. Yeah, I, I really do. <laughs> we, we have the equipment. So, but I, I think that's like, that's my life's work. And writing will always be a part of my life. Yeah. Like I said, I've, I've used writing as a coping mechanism, as an, as a healing tool since I was at least 13 years old. And even I had the opportunity to visit Saskatoon this earlier this year, um, and visit my mom's house and go through some of my childhood things. And I even saw there how I was writing more than I realized, like writing stories. And oh. and there was something healing about that yes. because, um, like I mentioned, imposter syndrome is uh, sometimes the little devil on my shoulder that just mm-hmm. lives with me. And sometimes uh, he's louder <laughs> and other times <laughs> he's quieter. And um, writing can be – it used to be one of those things I had a very – hard time claiming. Yeah. I think people might feel similarly about calling themselves an artist, right? Um, it can feel very official and like there's pressure or, yes. or that you have to be creating art all the time to call yourself an artist. Yes. But um, slowly over time, especially a few years into my business, I would say, I was like, you know what? I am a writer and I'm going to claim that. Yes. I'm ready to claim it. Hell but it yeah. took me many years and two English degrees. Yeah. I couldn't even claim it after the degree. No, no. seriously. Like, oh. and, and even still, but I think like that is part of who I am. Yeah. Even if my, my business or what I do for work is not solely focused around that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure, but I, I, I love connecting like this. And so when you asked if I wanted to be involved and we clarified that it was not a joke, I was like, <laughs> Absolutely. And we're going to make it even more special for you because I just so appreciate it. And I and I appreciate um, the opportunity to tell my story in a safe environment, safe yeah. and accepting environment. And I want to do more of this. Yeah. And I, I don't know what the future holds, but... Yeah, this has been such a pleasure. It's such oh, a great conversation. I thank my you. My cup feels very full. I I well, thank agree. You. I got goosebumps on that last <laughs> little bit. Thank you. Um, where can people find you and learn more? And I know you're busy right now, but you can. They can take a number and they can take a number. Yeah. <laughs> so the best places to connect with me um, in a business capacity would be our website. So it's wordplaycreative.ca. Um, you can also follow me on LinkedIn. I uh, currently just have my personal LinkedIn page. Uh, you can find me under Victoria Cowan. And then I do have an Instagram where if you like uh, these sorts of personal stories of vulnerability, you're going to find a lot of those there. <laughs> 
and, and sometimes you'll see professional content, but it really is where I get to live out these values of human connection and, um, rawness and <laughs> being real, even warts and all. So that's at Victoria June writes. I'm sure there'll be a tag for it. Yes. I'll um, link everything. Yeah. And like, I think you'll find my email through the website, but I certainly always welcome a conversation. I love connecting with others, even during the busy seasons, which I'm in right now. But, um, yeah, there is something energizing about podcasting, uh-huh. isn't there? Like, <laughs> I'm going to go run a marathon now. No, <laughs> I told I warned you. It's very addictive. It's addictive. Uh, yeah. But no, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate this. And it's great to have you and Kyle in the studio and to just have learned so much from you this year. Like mm. I, I, and I just... All the good feelings. I'm sending them your way. Uh, You've been so gracious with accepting my fangirl (laughs) energy. And and you're just true to yourself. Like, and I appreciate that you pull the veil back on running a business because it is really bloody hard sometimes. And it's also amazing. It's all those things rolled up into one, but it makes such a difference for someone like me to just be like, wow, someone's telling it like it is. I feel less alone as a result. Yeah. So thank oh, you. That's hard to follow. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, We're just going to be silent now. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. That's so kind. Um, it's You have no idea how validating it is. And yeah, I really appreciate you and everything you're doing. Um, thank you so much for your vulnerability and um, sharing your story. And thank you for <laughs> inviting me into your space. And Anthony, thank you so much for having <laughs> us in the fancy studio. Thank you, Anthony. <laughs> this is officially the, yeah, the the highest quality highest quality production we've we've ever you can done. come back anytime i love anytime. it i love it um thank you so much victoria i am so excited for everybody to learn from you i will link everything below and yes let's do it again sometime let's do it yes okay thank you leo <laughs> bye everyone Thank you so much for being here. I really hope this episode gave you a boost of encouragement to follow your own path, even if it's a little unruly or has a few more weeds than you expected. I would love if you could share this with somebody important to you. We never know who needs a boost. If you'd like to learn more, you can find me at www.leayard.com. And if you want to see a little more behind the scenes, you can connect with me on Instagram at leayard. And now I will leave you with this. We all have more in common than we do not. Be kind when you can, judge less, less often, and never, ever underestimate your own potential. I'll see you next week.